do the first Sikha, Chelikid Aleph, for Kisisa. Kisisa Aleph, Chelikid Volume 11. Sikha is basically two parts to it. One is the first part is a Rashi Sikha. And then the Rebbe goes, there's a whole big discussion at the end of the Sikha, the second part of the Sikha. The Rebbe discusses this whole concept of how could Aaron make the uh, Egel. You know, we learned in this week's parsha about the Egel. Was Aaron really responsible? Is he uh, made up of his order? You know, that was. Uh, uh, so the Rebbe explains the whole issue. I'm not sure we're going to get to the second part fully. Let's see. Let's try to do at least the, the simple, the Pidush Rashi. So. So, so what happens after uh, Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't uh, come down from the mountains when the Yidden expected him? So, um, so Aaron says to the Bnei Yisrael, he says that they said, Moshe is gone, we don't know, we want to make a replacement for Moshe Rabbeinu. So what does Aaron say to the Bnei Yisrael? And, you know, so this is starting with Pasuk Periklamet uh, Beis, Pasuk Beis and Gimel. So what does he tell them? He tells them, Porku Nizmei Hazov, Begoymer V'aviyu Elai. He tells them, take off the golden uh, nosebands and, and bring to me. And then it says, V'aviyu Elai, the broader roll. So all the, 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 uh, the, the people, you know, he, he told them, as Rashi says, to take from their wives. He was hoping to delay them. They took off their own. They were anxious. They made it. They brought it all to Aaron. Now there's a, a Pesach. The next Pesach says, Vayikach miyodom. He took it from their hands. They brought him. And then it says, Vayotzar oisoi bacheret. What is the meaning of Vayotzar oisoi bacheret? Vayotzar oisoi bacheret. He made it into a molten calf. A golden calf. Masecha, made out of gold. He made a golden calf. What is the meaning of the word? Rashi brings down, we'll look at Rashi in a minute, inside. Rashi brings down two taichin, two pshotim. Either Vayotzar he tied them in a cloth which means they brought him all the gold so he took all the gold in a cloth and he tied them together and then it said he made it to Egel Masecha how did he make it to Egel Masecha? it says later on he threw it into the fire and it came out as a calf as Rashi will say soon we'll, we'll discuss this in a minute but according to this it's Vayotzar Oisoy Bacheret and he tied him. Him is who? Is the eagle. In the cheret. He tied him in the uh, kerchief. Or the gold. He took from their hand. Yotzer Oise is the gold. Not the eagle. Yotzer Oise. The gold. The nizme hazov. It's not oisom. It's oisoy. And bacheret means what? With a string, he tied them with a with, with a cloth. He tied a cloth, like when you put in a bunch of money or you put in a bunch of gold, and you tie it up in the cloth to make it all together. That's what he did. The other shot is by yotzar kind of 
that he formed it. And bacheret would mean with a stick that engraves. So he sort of made an image. He took the gold, maybe melted it down, and then with a stick he made a picture of, a, of an eagle. But Yotzar is lotion is that he formed it. Oisoi, the eagle bacheret with the stick. So let's look at the Rashi inside. So Yotzar is bacheret. So Rashi has a look at the Rashi inside. So the Rashi yesh letargemoi bishnei ponim. We can translate this into two meaning, two ways, two faces. There's two shot, two ways to serve. Ha'echod number one is vayotzar loshin kishira. Vayotzar means he tied. Yotzar means tying. Bacheret means loshin suder. That means in a kerchief. He tied it in a kerchief. Cheret is a loshin. Is a language suder. Where do we find? Cheret, a language of a suder. So Rashi says, Kimoi vehamit pochis vacharitim. The cloth and the charitim, which is a posik in Yeshaya Perigimel, posik of Gimel, posik of Beis. So over there it says that the cloth and the charitim. So that's also a kind of a of a cloth, it's together with the charitim. So that means, by Yotzar, he tied them with the cloth. That's the, that's the way Rashi says over here, in the first shot from the Posik in Yeshaya. Uh, and Rashi explains, by Yotzar, Kikorim Kesem Bishnei Charitim is another Posik in Malachim. Over there he says that he tied the um, um, two uh, kickers of silver in two cloths, So you also see that a charitim is a cloth, and you tie it in a cloth. That's what Rashi That's one shot. Rashi says, what's the second shot? It's a shape. He shaped it. He formed it. And what did he form it? Bacheret is clay umnois hatsurfim. That is the tool, the crafts tool of the smith. They scrape and they engrave shapes in gold. That would be similar to the pen of a scribe. Who scraves in letters in the boards of the pinkos? When you used to write, those pinkosim are the board writing boards. They used to scrape it in. Kemoi, like we find in the Posik. So this is in Yeshaya Periches Posik Aleph. He says, write on it with the cheret, with the engraving of the enosh of a person, you know, the right. He was, Hashem's nevuah was to Yeshaya, and he told him that he should write it down with the cheret enosh. So you see again, the cheret is the forming tool. Rashi brings a proof from the unkulos. Zehu shetirgem unkulos. This is what unkulos translates it as vitzor yosei bezippo. He formed it with a zippo. A zippo is a cheres, that's the kind of the stick. 
it's a, what they call it, a, st- a stylus, a kind of a, uh, you know what they use for the uh, different community, they use that little stick over there. But that's the same idea, but they use this into, uh, as an engraving on the boards, on the various different things. Loshun Ziyuf Hu. That's That's the language of Ziyufu, meaning that it's engraving, inscribed it. Clay umnois shechotzimboi bezohov oisiyusushkedim. That's a tool, a crafts tool that you engrave in gold, either letters, oshkedim. As the Rebbe will say later on, doesn't mean almonds over here because why almonds? Nothing to do. Shkedim basically means meshukodim, means shapes. You make letters and shapes. Shekodim belaz nile umezayfin al yodoy choysomis, and through this cheret you engrave the stamps that you seal with. They also get. This is all a very very long Rashi. Trying to explain what the Rebbe over here is going to give us a good explanation what this whole Rashi is teaching us over here in such a lengthy, unusual, lengthy, detailed Rashi. So let's go through the questions first that the Rebbe asks. because the Rebbe first asked a bunch of questions. Number one, whenever we find in Rashi, the Rashi brings down two interpretations, right? Why does Rashi do that? Is because there is a Rashi has a problem in each interpretation. So to compensate for the problem, he brings the second. Second one also has a problem, so he brings the first one. So the first thing the Rebbe wants to know: what is the problem with these? Interpretation. They seem to fit very well, either one of them. Either he tied it in a uh, cloth, or he inscribed it with this uh, tool that you engrave. But either of them seem to be reasonable interpretation. What's wrong with any of them that Rashi needs the other one? That's the first thing. The other thing is, the Rebbe says, why does Rashi start off? There are two interpretations. Number one, I mean, first of all, you just you count it, you'll see how many interpretations. We already tell you the number, but and also Rashi uses a long language of here. Ha'echod hasheni. Number one, number two, which is uncommon in Rashi. Rashi usually uses as Rashi said, Yesho imrim dovarachar. Some say another interpretation. That's you. Why does Rashi say it like that? The Rebbe will actually explain. Later on, the answer to this that and the Rebbe give out gave out this rule in Rashi many times that usually we say the first commentary that Rashi says is the main one. He has a problem, he brings down the second one. But what happens that the second one has a problem? So he brings down the first he brings down the first one. But because the first one comes first, it means that that's the main. The second one has a greater question than the first one. The problem with the second interpretation has to be bigger than the problem with the first interpretation. That's why the first interpretation comes first. Otherwise, why would it come first? So it means like this. The first interpretation has a problem. 
So Rashi has to bring down a second interpretation. The second interpretation has even a bigger problem. That's why Rashi reads the first interpretation, and then when it comes the, the and that's uh, why the first interpretation comes first. But what happens if it should be an instance where Rashi has two interpretations? They both have equal problems. They both have equal. Rashi needs to tell them both because we don't have any better one than the other one. So how does Rashi tell you? No, no, they're both as good or they both have problems, equal problems. It's not one is better than the other one. The way Rashi does that is by introducing first and saying, oh, there is two interpretations over here. So he's laying the ground right away at the beginning, telling you that both the interpretations that you're going to learn in this Rashi are of equal uh, level, they're little, and there is a problem with each one, and it's a problem, that's why Rashi brings down two. And that's also the reason why Rashi used the Lashon Ha'echad Hashedi, number one, number two, basically to tell you that these are two interpretations, equal interpretations, that you need to learn. Now, specifically, the Rebbe is also going to explain another aspect over here, in the first interpretation, Rashi says that it means that he tied it with a cloth. So Rashi brings two places. First he brings from the Pasuk in Yeshaya, in which it says, uh, The cloth and the charitim, so you see that charit is a cloth, uh, cloth. And then he brings a Pasuk from Elohim, in which it says, he, he tied two kickers of kesef into charitim. So Rashi is bringing two proofs over here. And also when Rashi brings two proofs, he brings first from the Navi Yishai and then from Malachim. Malachim comes before Yishai in the order of the Nevi'im. So why, why is that? As the Rebbe will explain later on. And number five, the Rebbe asks... Uh, that we do find the word Vayotzar to tie already in the Chumash. Why does Rashi Bechlal have to go to the Novi, to Yeshaya, to Molochim? We have it already a few times, like in the Posik, uh it says Ish Sreir Kaspoi. What is the word of Sreir Kaspoi? So Rashi explains over there, Kesher Kaspar, it means his money bundled in the, in the, in, 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 in the clause that was a knot, which the people would put, it's like a wallet, or similar to that, a cloth, they used to use a cloth over there, but it's similar to a wallet over here. So that was, so already there's a Pasuk in, 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 in the Chumash that tells about that. Also we find, when the Yidin went out of Mitzrayim, it says, uh, that uh, their dough that they had was bundled in their clothing. Rashi doesn't explain to you what does it mean that they were bundled in the cloth because we already learned it in the portion of Mikates. So we know already by Yotza means it's tied together. So why does Rashi not bring the Pasuk from the Chumash and he brings uh, a Pasuk that is Kshira uh, from the Psukkim over there. Um, and then Rashi goes into a whole long thing saying like a eight of a soifer, like a scribe, 
till the end. It's all what 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 is Rashi trying to tell us over here? By Yotzer Oisir by Chedet. After Rashi says the second shot that he engraved it, what why do we need that whole thing? Um, Rashi only explains usually the simple meaning of the pasuk, and he brings here proof from a scribe's pen, and he explains Tagmunkulus. These don't seem to be uh, important to the text itself. So now the Rebbe explains. So the Rebbe says the explanation in the all the above is that the reason why Rashi doesn't bring a proof from the Chumash is because in the Chumash there is two ration. It says Tzroir. It, it's not Bayotzar. It's Tzroir Kaspoy or Tzroir Reis Bissim There were two rations. So that wouldn't be total evidence in our Parsha, which is only one ration. It says Bayotzar. However, the second possible that Rashi brings down of Melochim, you also cannot bring a proof to the word Vayotzar, that it means to tie, because who is the one to tell us that over there that Charitim are really um, these cloth in which it applies that you can tie them. Uh, so then it means Vayotzar means tithes, if charitim means a cloth. So, over there, all what it says is, Vayotzar kikorim kesev, bishnei charitim, but we don't know that Vayotzar means to tie two kikar kesev into charitim. But, no, we don't know what Vayotzar means. Vayotzar is something into charitim. If charitim means cloth, then we say vayotzer means to tie them. Bacheret, uh, then it means to tie, because a cloth you can tie. But who says charitim means a... Uh, uh, so Rashi can't just go right away. The Rebbe asks, why does Rashi bring the Moloch? He can't bring the Rayev from there right away. But... Um, so Rashi first brings the Pasuk of Yishai. Yishai, the first Pasuk says what? Hamit Pachos Vacharitim. It's listing you. The Mit Pachos, that's like a kerchief, and the cloth. They're, we're, we're talking about various different kinds of ornaments. You know, like the women, who they, they use a Mit Pachos, like a, a hair cover. Uh, and Charitim is following the Mit Pachos. It's a similar type as a mitpachas. Uh, next to each other, the Pasik says them. So which means, so now we know Khariti means what? A cloth. So now we're going to touch Vayitzer, which is written next to a Kheret. It means tying. So you can't bring just the Pasik from Elohim because over there we don't know what Kharitim is, so we don't know the Vayotzer means. So we had to first prove that Kharitim means a cloth. Once it means the cloth, then Vayotzer means the tie. So why does Rashi have to bring the Pasik from Elohim at all? It's 
So the question really is that um, over there in Kosik in Yeshaya, it says Hamid Pachos Vacharitim. Charitim is what? Many cloth, right? A plural for Choret, right? So that means what? That means they are plural for cloths. Cloths in a plural. Because Cheret, which is the singular, what would be the plural from Cheret? Charotim, not Charitim. Charotim. That would be the word, with the comments under the Reish. So if Cheret is the singular of Charotim, Cheret is not the singular of Charitim. So, who says Cheret in our Vayotzer Cheret has anything to do with Charitim over there? It doesn't seem like the singular of it. So since Cheret doesn't mean a cloth, so we don't know Vayotzer means tying. Vayotzer, you say ties if you're talking about a cloth, but we're not. Who says Charet is a, is a cloth when over there it's Charitim, but not Charet? So, Rashi therefore brings the Pasik of Melochi, in which it says Vayotzer Kikorim Kesvinei Charitim. So over there it already says the word Vayotzer. And it says the word Charitim over there. So you see, you tied into the Charitim, whatever the Charitim is. And in Yeshaya, we know Charitim are what? Are cloth, because Charitim over there is written next to Mitpachos. So we know Vayotzer is a lotion of tying. So over there, Vayotzer means to tie the Charitim. So in our passage, we also have to say, Vayotzar is exactly the same lotion over there. Now, even though it doesn't say Baos uh, Charitim, it says Bachoret. And usually we Charotim Choret, not Charitim. We find all this, this kind, we, also, we find all these kinds of of in uh, in the dikduk that it changes not exactly like uh, we don't find how are you going to say that what's a plural a singular woman is called what isha what is a plural for isha not ishim nashim changes from isha to nashim what do you have what is uh, what is a singular for a for a, for a girl a daughter. What is she called? A bat. What would be a plural for bat? Batim. But it's banot. So you see that the dikduk changes sometimes. So over here we're going to say the same thing. Even though it says bacheret, and it's not the same as bacharotim, but it's bacheret and bacharitim, bayotzer means the same thing. The bottom line is, between these two psukim, and the Pasik in Malachim, Pasik in Yeshaya first tells us that Kharatim is a cloth because it's next to. So the way it goes is like this. We have to prove that Kharatim is a cloth, then Vayotzer means to tie, because if it's a cloth, a cloth you can tie. So first we have to determine that it's a cloth. So we, we need the Pasik 
from Yeshaya when it says Metpachas Ubacharotim to tell you that it's a cloth because they come together. Now we know it's a cloth. So now we know that it's Vayotze. But we still have a problem. Over there it says Bacharitim. It doesn't say Bacharotim over there. So maybe it's something else. But then we have a Paschim Malachim in which already it says Vayotze Bacharitim. And over there it means a cloth Charitim. Vayotze means he tied. So close Vayotze Bacharet and Vayotze Bacharitim. So we're going to say that this is really the meaning. So that's the first shot of Rashi. Okay, so... So what was the act that Aaron, what Aaron did, what the Pasuk says? They brought him all the... They brought him all the, gold, the, the bands, right? All the nose rings. He put it into a cloth and he tied it. Right? Did he make a golden cap? Did he do anything? He doesn't say anything. So what when the Pasik later on says Vayaseyu Egel Masecho, he made into a molten calf. The Pasik says he put it into the cloth and he made it into a molten calf. So what does it mean on 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 Aaron he did that? It doesn't go now he made it, who's he made it? It's not Aaron. Aaron didn't make it Degel Masecha. What did Aaron do? The Pasuk just said. He only, what he did was he put it into the cloth. He didn't make it into an eagle. Then the Pasuk says, he made it. Who did this? We're going to have to say it was the magicians of, of the Eid of Rav who came from Mitzrayim, or it was Micha who was, as Rashi is going to say later on. So it comes out that the beginning of the Pasuk when it says, who did that part? That was done by Aaron. Yotzar Eisei Bacheret. He tied it in a cloth. In, in, in a cloth. So that Aaron did. And what is the safer, the second part of the Pasuk, the same Pasuk? When it says, Vayasehu, and he made it, who's the he? It doesn't go on, it's just like other. It doesn't go on Aaron anymore. Let's talk about somebody else. So, it's not such a Big problem. A lot of times the Chumash is written in such a way that one Pasik follows the other means all the time we find this. But still, Rashi is not comfortable with saying that all what Aaron did was he put it into a cloth and then when the Pasik said that Yasehu is going already about somebody else. So that's why Rashi gives us the second interpretation. That Vayotzer is Loshen Tzura. Vayotzer means that he shaped it. And then he says, Bacheret is Kleumnes HaTzirfim. That is the tools, the craftsman's tool of the Tzirfim. The smiths, the goldsmiths, Shechortin V'Tzirfim Boi, Shechortzim, they grave and they scrape Boy, with that tool, Tzuris Bezov, the shapes into the gold, they use this cheret, that umnus, kleumnus, to engrave and to scrape into uh, the gold, the shapes. So, Dilfize, so according to this second interpretation, so Gamba, Yaseyu, Egel Masecho, so also when it says he made it into a molten calf, who did it at the intentions of Aaron? So this way the Pasuk follows uh, in order.
from the way he started, that Aaron was the one that shaped the form. So that means that he is the one that made the Egel Masecha. That's why Rashi brings down the second interpretation, because according to the first interpretation, uh, didn't seem like Arin did anything uh, besides putting the uh, gold that the people brought him into this uh, into the cloth. However, but also according to this interpretation, we can still ask a question. Later on in the posse, was confronting Arain and he said to him, What did you do? Kosuv. So the Pasik says, Vashli Khayu, and his defense Arain was saying, Vashli Khayu Baish, that all what I did was I threw it into the fire, and then this calf came out. Peter Shrashi, as Rashi explains over there, I had no idea, I didn't know. That this eagle will come out, and it came out. Hare mashma. So this, from this, we can understand. Sha'arin also eagle. So it seems like Aaron did not make the eagle. So from this pasuk here, it seems that Aaron is the fence says that he didn't do it. If Aaron was the one that shaped it with the uh, crafts tool and made it into a uh, into eagle, how is he defending himself? Says loyadati. So it's mashma, but it's mashma. He didn't do it. So the av sheyesh loymar shekosuv zeh vashlichayu veyotzev egoimer. Maybe this pasuk when he says I threw it in and it came out, kitzer bilishoyne. It's not uh, telling you the whole story. It's a short language. V'loy chos shekosuv laharik b'chol prote inyan. The pasuk wasn't worried to. Prolong and to tell you all the details of this matter, uh, but in truth, what happened over here, even though he says, what happened is here, uh, maybe he actually did it because he did it. I, how come Rashi says over there, he says the defense was, I didn't know. That Rashi is not saying according to all the pshat, but Rashi mefarish rakli pirush of Kant. That is Rashi's explaining, according to his first commentary over here. So Rashi says he didn't know because all what he did was he put it into the a cloth. But over there, maybe that's not the whole story. What it says, maybe he he did vayotzer bacheret. He did it. So the Rebbe says, no, that Kipashtus Hemshech Bekosuf Vashlichayu Vayetza Egel Just the simple flow of the Pasuk when it says, I threw it in and it came out the Egel Mashma Shehoyu Zechidush Beinarin Turns out that this was something surprising, this was something novel in our design. Oh, how did this happen? So the bottom line is, it does seem from the Pasuk later on that Aaron did not do it. So, if we should say like the second pshat, that he is the one that formed, how is he saying that? So because of this difficulty, that's why Rashi is forced to also bring 
Now the first interpretation, in which it says that all what he did was put it into the cloth. So then there is no room for this question, because in that case we understand um, why he was surprised, according to the first shot. So basically, the Rebbe is going to explain now in Nois Gimel, it turns out that uh, the whether Aaron knew or whether Aaron actually did it uh, seems to, to suck him. In one Pasuk, it seems that he did it, Vayaseyu. and the other Pasuk, it seems that he was surprised that he didn't do it. So it turns out that in each of the psukim, the answer that is that the pasuk is short. When it says he didn't do it, maybe the pasuk is saying short, he did do it. But the pasuk didn't bother telling you. When it says, much from the pasuk, that he didn't do it, that he was surprised, maybe the pasuk is missing some of the story, and he did do it. So it turns out that the questions that we have on both of these interpretations are equal. So Rashi is trying to tell us that both of these perushim are equally because they have the same difficulty and that's why Rashi introduces and says that there is two Pirushim and he also uses instead of wording Rishen and Sheni which would mean that one is first and the other one is second tells us Echad there's one and one there is two Pirushim basically a little bit difficult in this one a little in the other one but both Pirushim are equal let's look inside Based on the above, we can explain the reason. Why did Rashi write Kakdom only Pirushim as an introduction to his interpretation? That we can translate it into two ways. And then later on, also, he says, one, two, it doesn't just say the Pirushim, it doesn't say the Varachar, he just says, as the Rebbe asked before. The Hinek, Kshadashi Kaiser Beza Yeser Pirushim. For when Rashi writes two or more uh, interpretations, uh, explanations, that reason he has more than one is because there's a difficulty in each one of them. And it becomes uh, settled, it's answered according to the second interpretation. That's why he adds another interpretation to the one that he brings first. Canal. How they move on, but it's understood. As we said many times, spoke many times, that the commentary that comes first is the main. And that's closer to the simple meaning. So it's a metis that means that the question that we have on the first interpretation is lighter, is less problematic than the one that we have on the second one. That's why that's first, the main one, and the second one, the second. Um, no. However, how are you talking But it's possible occasionally at times that their both interpretations are equal in Rashi's eyes. And not no one of these, neither one of these commentaries overrides is the deciding over the other one. It's impossible, however, to write one after the other. You can't write two Purushma together. But if you're going to write them one before the other one, you're always going to make the mistake. 
And through this, you can come to make a mistake. You'll think that why did that interpretation comes first? Because that's the main. So that's why in order to uh, take away from that mistake, uh, don't make that mistake. Magdim Rashi mitchilas dvorov. Rashi introduces in the beginning of his words. He uses language which includes that equals out that the, both of these commentaries. As in our case, he says this possible you can translate two ways. So originally he makes you an introduction. There's two ways to explained it Shavin Ushkulim, they're equal they're the same same weight, same Ubemela, move on She'ein Haseder Derishim V'Sheini, in this case it's understood that the order which one comes first and second it's only because you can't bring two tributaries at once, but other than that, they're both as if they're, they're together because they're both equal why is it taka in this case? Because kibiritin the dam because in our case had nisbarli ill. So we already explained earlier. Shakosh shakushi al pirusha aleph. What is the question on the first one? Who possesses mehemshech haposik nirash aron osas eagle? In the fact that from the continuation of the flow of the posik, it seems that Aaron made the eagle. How could we say he only did the gold in the cloth, and that was the problem? But how could we answer this in a pressed way, in other words, not comfortable way? That is for the reason that the Pasuk was short. So the Torah didn't say the other thing that Aaron actually made the Egel. So that question and this answer, same question and answer we have on the second. The same question we have on the second Pirush. That from the flow of the Pasuk later on, it's recognizable, Nikar. That Aaron did not construct the eagle because of a Yetzah Now, and this also, we can answer this in a pressed way that the the Pasuk was short. So therefore, that means, so we see, So in the simple, on the literal level of the Pasuk, these two commentaries are equal. And this was Rashi intended, that we can translate it in two ways, meaning the two following are equal, but there's two ways to say it, and I'm telling you right out in the beginning that one is not there because it's better, it's just one, I have to say one before the other. That's what we also understand now. The reason and the emphasis, that Rashi, the way Rashi details his commentary, says, and then it says, So the Rebbe says, why does Rashi use the word, first, but why does Rashi use the word, Introducing first, why did Rashi write the one, the second one, the first one, Hasheni. First and second one, Shemasim Yeser When it's more fitting, when we're trying to talk a number that comes in order, we say one and two. Because here too, Rashi's saying no, not it's not one 
That's not the number one. Rashi wants to emphasize she ain't come to tradition. There is no rishon. There is no first. There is no one better behind the b'maylo. There is no nobody advantage to the other one. Elachot. There is one, and the yes sheina daimelo. There is two, which is equal to this one, but it's not an order. It's not a rishon. This is one of two equal perushim. Which means the difference between these two interpretations that they're different interpretation. But but there is no difference in their advantage that one is better than the other. The mikra in the simple meaning of the verse. And the Rabbi Noiz Dalit continues to explain the rest of the Rashi that. Um, because we find the word bacheret, um, which really references writing, so it's almost difficult to interpret that it means uh, that it's a kind of a, an engraving tool. And um, But Rashi explains that it's not for the act of engraving, but rather the mark. So it doesn't make a difference if we're talking about writing or talking about engraving. Let's take inside. Ulam. We can still ask on the second interpretation that Tevas Bacheret, the word Bacheret, Nimtzas Oit Pam Betanach. It's found once more in Tanach. It means write on it. So the Pasik says, the Novi Yishai says, write on it with the Cheret of man, with a man's Cheret. But here it says, write, write Bacheret. And, and right is not as engraving. That would appear that it's not a crafts tool with which you engrave and you scrape uh, shapes in gold. It looks like more like a, a pen or something which you write. Now, we're not going to say, uh, well, maybe it could mean another thing. So over here, cheret means a tool. You're scraping into the... And there's another cheret. Doesn't, not likely. That's what Rebbe explains now in the parentheses. We can understand, according to the first interpretation, which it says that the cheret means that he tied it up in a, in a cloth, in a suder. So we find... Evidence from other psukim that Rashi brings that the union of a cheret is a sudar. So, what is the meaning then that they told him the ksev of a cheret enish? So, so we have to say that that pasuk when he says right to a cheret enish, it's another root, it has nothing to do with a cheret and another cheret. But according to the second pirish, cheret is what? So, what are we going to say? There's two cherets. That here when you find the Tanakh, another cheret, a writing tool, so it's not the charitim which would be cloth, that is in the other psukim, the first pshat, and it's not from the similar cheret, which is similar, and here it means a tool. That's difficult. So, so therefore, in order to answer this problem that over there it seems like it's writing, not engraving, so Rashi continues to explain that Cheret is actually not a name of a specific 
tool. El shenikra kein al shimpulos acharito, but it's called so because of the effect of engraving, of scraping. Varishimu aleizudover, and the mark on something. V'lochein and therefore kshem shemasim hashem cheret al kli umnes v'cherte beitzuros bezov, just as it's fitting. The name cheret. We use it for the crafts tool because you engrave shapes on the gold. You leave a mark on the gold. So that's why we can also say the language of cheret. On the pen of a scribe that uh, writes or uh, marks letters on where it makes on the, the boards and the uh, tablets. So, and therefore... That's why also Rashi brings the end of the Pasuk. He brings in the word Enish. Enish, I mean human Cheret. It means to say a plain person, not a craftsman. Shadig was an Enish Stam. The Dig is an Enish person. Name of Enish means anyone, even he's not a wise person. And not the craftsman of before. Because we still don't have the cheret is not common in the Torah. It's still not clear. Because maybe there's three interpretations. There is Vayotzar, it's Bacharitim, and then there is Vayotzar, Bacharit, according to the second shot, a tool, and maybe and then there's a writing. Um, the other issue is void echod. We're using one name with a klilitzir algol, a tool to to go ahead and shape an eagle. Ule klilitzivas and for a kli, same tool writes osius. So it's all it's a little bit surprising. That's what Rashi adds an evidence, a proof from targumonkulus. Rashi says vizehu. He brings down the translation that he was sor it with the zifa. What is zifa? Loshin ziyuf who clay umnois. The loshin of ziyuf, um, the zifa, the ziyuf is a clay umnois. That you engrave in gold. Letters and shkedim. Shkedim belaz Nile. What does it mean? Oisiyus shkedim. The Rebbe says both in Zohov, you write letters and shkedim are shapes. Hainu shukliya meshamish hainli ksiva shalah oisiyus. You use it to write letters. Oisiyus of oisiyus. The hainla charitzas siyurim and also to engrave shapes. When it says here the word shkedim, that means shapes. So that it means uh, shapes. It doesn't mean as the mistake, the common mistake is people make a mistake that here we're talking about that it engraves uh, letters and almonds, Nikrosh Kedim. Why would, why, why, why is it doing it for Shkedim over here? Nothing to do with her. And it's 
And in order not to make a mistake, when the what did the Targumunculus? He says becheret mizifa. That is what Rashi wants to bring uh, the Targum. So Rashi explains further. Through it, you mark uh, the the stamps, the the signets. That's why they called Bezifa. The Chosim is called Bezifa. Hakli, so which means the Kli Nikro Hashem Apulis Apula Nasa Dezif. We call the Kli by the name. What happens through the Kli through the Ziv? The Ziv causes a mark. As we said before, by the Cheret, it's because of the mark. So that is the Zifa that takes place. Why Rashi switches around the order till now? He writes Oisios Ushkedim first Oisv Achashkedim Kiziyuv Shach Bikre BeOisios because the Ziv is really mainly by Oisios because that marks so Ziv means marks and also you write Ushkedim that's where Rashi switches the order so basically this is all to uh, translate what is the meaning of a Yotzar that it is that specific tool that accomplishes both it marks and it uh, either engraves or it marks uh, to accomplish uh, a writing or a shape or a form. So now in Oishei, the Rebbe goes to the other issue, uh, the discussion, how is it actually possible, uh, according to the second shot, that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Arin actually created the... um, uh, the, the eagle, that he shaped the actual form. And the Rebbe is going to further ask, how is the Bechlau possible that the Yidin should descend from such a Madrege all of a sudden to want to make up a Dezora? And the Rebbe explains that the Yidin thought that there is, they didn't want to make a Dezora against Hashem, but they wanted a Memutza, they wanted to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's look inside. And they thought, just like there is the Kruvim in the Mishkan, that's why there is a thought to bring Kruvim in the Shul. Let's look inside. But seemingly this second interpretation is totally not understood. But from the context of the Ksuvim, even in the very literal uh, level of the Pasuk, it's Visible and it's recognizable, the great holiness and righteousness of Aaron. How could we say, Aaron himself, that he shaped the shape of the eagle, he made it into a molten calf, we'll explain this by introducing, that we can ask this question, also, as it uh, refer, refers to all the Jewish people, just a short while beforehand, they were standing before Elikim for Hashem. They were out Mount Sinai. They heard the ten sayings, which included the command that I am God, your God. Don't make for yourself a pestle, a statue, etc. 
וגם רואו, they also seen as הקולות, the voices מדאל דרוקס, ומן השמיים מן אורס, from the heavens, from the earth. So they experienced the Abraham's unity from all over the world. How is it possible that after all these revelations, it will enter their mind to make idol? Although the Satan came and mixed the world up, and he showed an image of darkness and uh, very darkness and, uh, and a confusion. Still, it's very difficult, which Rashi explains this in Periklamet Beis Pasikalov in the Parsha. But still, it's How could there come to such a enormous descent, such a powerful descent, from the extreme top corner, to the extreme lowest corner? So therefore, we are forced to say that even according to the simple meaning of the Pesach, which is Rashi's way, the thing is understood, it is so much understood that Rashi doesn't even have to explain it. So the Rebbe is going to explain that the truth is that they did not make Abed Zorah. They made the replacement for Moshe Rabbeinu. Mefurish Bekosov, in the Pesach it's explained, Bayar Ho'om Kiboishus Moshe Loredes Gaber. The people saw that Moshe was delaying to descend from the mountain as they thought he would come down. So they said, Make for us a Likim. As the Rebbe will explain, the Likim means a leader. As the Rebbe will explain, Kizem Moshe. So again, you see in the Pesach, we're all about Moshe. Kizem Moshe, Isha Shalonu Meres Mitzrayim. The man Moshe who has took us out from Mitzrayim, brought us up from the land of Egypt. We don't know what happened to him. Hainu, so you can see Shalei Biksha Avedus Zorah. They didn't ask for Avedus Zorah, idol worship. They were asking something should be, God forbid, in the place of a Baruch Hu. God forbid. They were looking to substitute something in the place of Moshe. That's why they reasoned this with their argument that Moshe was uh, delaying from descending from the mountain. It seems like they're saying, make us a God. So immediately they explained what they made what they meant by a Likim. Not a God. They weren't referring to a matter of, of, a, of a God. They wanted somebody who should go in front of them, ahead of them. In Moshe's place. They're complaining. The man, Moshe, that took us from Mitzrayim, we don't know what happened to him. As Rashi articulates, Asher helonu meretz mitzrayim. So Rashi explains that v'hoyo moira lono haderach shenalabo. He would show us the way that we're supposed to go up. Ata tzrichim onu lelakus shelchulfanenu. Now we need a lakus to lead for us. What does it mean? Ubushem lelakim zeh. What do they mean? Need a lakus. They need a lakim. Then it's kavna derech mashakosuf to similar what says v'ata tiyle lelakim when Hashem says that Aaron will speak and Moshe will be his lakim. What does it mean a lakim? He'll be your 
dominant, your officer. He'll be your your teacher. He'll be your main. So they wanted somebody to look up to. Another person said, I made you a elikim. It doesn't mean a god. That you're going to be a, a, a ruler and one who dominates. So, Later on, some of them were dragged into the actual sin of the eagle until they considered it actually. They are the ones that were punished with the punishment of death. Even, even in this, to this aspect, we can still be uh, surprised. How could they say that the calf, an eagle, is going to be leading, showing them the way? Besar, and there's going to be like an office, Kemoshe, Isha Lekimu was a godly man. Shaul of Nemar, about him it says, I step between you and God. How could they replace? Okay, so they're not trying to replace Hashem, they're trying to replace Moshe. But how could you even replace Moshe? How could there be a thought to replace Moshe with something? Like a, uh, like a calf, a golden calf. So he says, This is not the same like we said before, how could you make a mistake, uh, a calf for Hashem? But in this case, it's not, so, not such a surprise. Why? Because in this matter, there is room for a mistake and for one to think so. When Hashem instructed to make the Mishkan, what is the meaning? What's the goal of the Mishkan? To have this divine rest amongst the Jews. As it says in the passage, Make for me a sanctuary so I dwell amongst them. So we see that the main part of the Mishkan and the Migdosh was the Oren and the two cherubs, two cherubs, the Kruvim. I'll speak to you from on top of the Kapoidus, in between the two cherubs, that's on the Oren of the testimony. So one can imagine that the Kruvim came in Mutza, it's similar to some kind of intermediary between the Yidn and HaKadosh Baruch Obefrat, especially Apimash and Isboyer, based on what was explained. The Pasuk says, don't make with me silver gods and golden gods, don't make. Pirush Rashi, so Rashi says, that this Pasuk is talking about the Kruvim. Very Pirush Rashi. And further, I says, Loi Toimar, don't say to yourself, I will make this Kruvim in the shuls and in the studios. Just like I do, I make in the eternal home in the Vesemigdash. That's why the Pasuk says, Don't make to you. So, what seemingly may is a Tam Yala Ladas. For what reason will there enter your mind that you should make these cherubs in the Bata in the Shuls, but in the Drushes, 
k'derech shoyim v'meisalom the way that wasn't the eternal home. Atzakosu mazir b'loshoyin to the for the verse to have to warn you in the language. Lois sasun goimer elikayv goimer. Don't make elikayv goimer. Amnom apia now moving, but based on the above we understand. Since the Kruvim, there is room to consider them as a sort of an intermediary between the Bnei Yisrael and the Kaddish Baruch So it's possible they're going to say that we should make such intermediary also in the shuls. That's why the Pasuk is coming to warn again. So in our case, in which it was before the command of Leisasulachem, they didn't even have that command because the parshas mishpatim, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't tell them. Immediately after Matan Torah, it says Veila mishpatim, but Mikomakim. Moshe Rabbeinu never descended from the mountain, had not given over the command to the Yidden uh, until after um, Yom Kippur, 48, uh, 120 days later. They hadn't known yet about the prohibition of making a Mamutza Lekezov. And on the other hand, the fact that they exist in Kodesh Kodashim, that proves the great advantage. That's why the Bnei Yisrael thought they're going to make the eagle as an intermediary. This would also answer, therefore, also this settles the surprise. How did Adrian make the eagle? Made it because they considered it to be an intermediary. They didn't know that it was really actually prohibited. It was something like the Kruvim, and they didn't know the Isser of Leisasun. So, all this together, uh, there's a phenomenal, phenomenal Limutzchus that the Rebbe gives here for Aaron and for all those who participated. In Ois Vav, the Rebbe will continue to explain, but that the is that the sin, that the, the mistake that the Bnei Yisrael made was based on the fact of the Memutso, and there's a hint of that in the Rashi, because Rashi mentions the word Enosh, because as the Rambam says, this was actually the mistake of the generation and Enosh himself. But, by way of a hint, we can add, this is the intent and what is hidden, hinted in the word Enosh. Rashi also brings it in his commentary. The Rambam articulates that the May Enosh, in the days of Enosh, the human beings, the people, they made a great mistake. And also, also Enish by himself was part of that mistake. And this was their mistake. So what was their mistake? Omru, they said, 
Galgalim, since it was Hashem who created these stars and these Galgalim, these spheres, Lahanig Esoilom, so that they lead the world, Chulu, Ruin Hain Mulafarom, so that's why they are fitting to praise them. And ulefarom, and to beautify them, velachliklem covid, and to distribute honor to them, chulu, etc. So this is the words of the Rambam. Zoysimera. So what does this mean? Shetuusam hoiso. What was their mistake? Shehachshivum lememutza sheyesh loy bechira. They considered them as intermediaries who have choice, an intermediary, an intermediary that has a choice. Although in truth they're only like a metal in the hand of the one who is uh, carving with it, uh, digging with it, so the metal doesn't have any say, any choice. It's the person that's using it in a similar the Ebrister uses the various different, the sun, the moon, the stars, to provide, but they don't have any choice. But Kumekain who be in your nado. Likewise, it's in our situation over here with the Bnei Yisrael trying to get the eagle in the place of Moshe. Sherotsu Lasi says eagle They wanted to make the eagle, the calf, as an intermediary. The Rebbe adds in the bracket, For sure they knew, however, both the Bnei Yisrael and Aaron, that this intermediary has no choice. That was similar to the Kruvim, but it was still a Memutza. And then from this, it evolved. The sin shall have the Zorah of actually worshipping of Avodah Zorah. Become of Bnei Yisrael by some, by many of the Bnei Yisrael. Hainu. So what was the Avodah Zorah? Lahachshi v'samamutzah kebal b'chira. They considered, they gave it importance to this intermediary, to the eagle, as if it has choices. V'zehu sherashi meramis. And this is the Rashi's hinting, but Tevas Enosh, using the word Enosh, Achet Khan, that the sin here, who Bedugmas Enosh Vidoira, is similar to Enosh in his generation. In Oizayan, uh, the Rebbe is going to continue to explain, there is a whole halachic discussion over here that while we explained earlier that in the Pshat, in the Chumash, we can explain the actions of Arin. He basically, especially according to the second shot of Rashi, that he actually formed the eagle by himself, that uh, still it was a memutze, it was an intermediary, but not as a uh, giving it credence, like the Enosh, as Rashi, as the Rebbe explained, the hint from Rashi, like in the generation of Enosh. But in Ois Zion, the Rebbe is going to say, halachically, we also need to explain this, how was Arin able to built an eagle. He looks like he violated, he made an Ave Dezora. That's a, a great, uh, a terrible prohibition that he violated, it seems like. How do we explain it halachically? 
Uh, and the Rebbe explains that actually that Aaron never owned the gold. He didn't tell them to give it to him. He told them to bring it to him. And since it belongs to the other people, uh, Aaron does not have the power to prohibit, make somebody else's uh, gold, uh, somebody else's into Avedizora because a person cannot prohibit what is what is not his. And then there goes in a whole big discussion uh, that the Rebbe explains over here is uh, that it seems like that when a person would reveal uh, their agreement uh, in a case like the Yidden brought the gold even though it wasn't Aaron's but since they agreed to it it seems almost that Aaron should be able to answer it uh, and the Rebbe will eventually uh, explain that the only way that Aaron would be able to answer it uh, to prohibit uh, make it into an Avedizora if there was actually an act of worship above a disorder, without that, it doesn't work. Let's go in. This is a, uh, a real uh, back and forth uh, discussion over here from the Gomorrah and the Rambam. So let's, uh, let's tackle it inside. Oizai, v'hine, gam al derecha yesh letaritz kushi hanal. Also, according to halacha, there is to answer this above question, which is, Question was, How is it possible that Aaron should, God forbid, violate the prohibition of Avedezorah? There is a prohibition against making an Avedezorah. How could he violate that prohibition? So to explain this matter, We find very clearly in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Aaron said to the uh, people, to the people around him, he says, He says to them, remove those golden uh, rings and bring them to me. He says, bring them. He was particularly uh, saying, uh, specifically, only bring the, the gold to him. But he didn't say they should give it to him. He didn't want to acquire the gold. So that means that he revealed his mind that he does not wish to acquire the gold that it should be Aaron's gold. And therefore it's understood since he didn't want to own the gold he did not uh, acquire the gold. So the gold wasn't Aaron's. It is impossible for a person to acquire an item against his will. If Aaron doesn't want to own the gold, he cannot be forced to own it. Especially, also in the beginning, they say, they say, make it for us. So they didn't want to give it. They didn't want to give it, and Aaron didn't want to take it. So it turns out that the gold remained under the ownership of the Bnei Yisrael. Also at the time when Aaron made the eagle, the gold remained there, it's not his. So now, since it's not his gold, 
uh, there is a rule in halacha, and there's also a lot more of the discussion of here in the notes here, but for our purposes, we're just going to stick to the inside of the sicha. So, there's that a person cannot prohibit something which is not his. So, therefore, based on this, the actions of Aaron did not prohibit the gold, the fact that he shaped it, he did it, whatever he did, to make it into Abed That That means that prohibit, to prohibit somebody else's. So therefore, he also didn't violate the Yisrael Abed So that would be uh, the simple answer why Aaron's action did not really um, uh, make it into Abed because it wasn't his, and he cannot answer somebody else's uh, item. However, there is a big issue about this because it seems like in the Gemara that if uh, the other party uh, agrees that you should make an Avedizore from theirs, then you are able, by making theirs into an Avedizore, you are <coughs> able to assert, even though it's not yours, as long as the other ones agreed. And here, since they didn't agreed, and they brought it to Aaron. They wanted to make David Zorah. It seems like Aaron could make it into David Zorah. Then he would be violating the, the prohibition. And the Rebbe is going to say, no, it can only happen uh, that if Aaron would have worshipped David Zorah, so then the, uh, the the fact that they said that it was okay, then they would answer it. But just, uh, just the thought he didn't ask. Let's see inside. But it seems like we can question this. This is in the Gemara Navidizora and on Gimel Ahmed Beis. So over there, the Gemara says, So the Gemara says like this The Pasik says, It means all their cedars, the Avidizora that the Goyim used, uh, when the Yidden come, they need to burn it in fire, they need to destroy, meaning that the Ashirehem have the status of Avedizora. So when the Goyim worshipped the trees, the cedars, the Ashirehem, the trees, that made it a Zorah, that's why we have to burn it, that's what the Pasuk says. So the Gemara says, but let us see, this doesn't really uh, sit well, why? Because Yerushahim Avisehem, Eretz Yisrael is an inheritance to the Jewish people from their forefathers. It means that the trees, whatever the worship belongs to the Yid. So, and a person cannot prohibit something that is not his, that he doesn't know. How could the Goyim worshipping the trees prohibit it for the Yid and make them a Tavay Dezorah that now we have to burn it? Peter Shrashi, Rashi explained it. Let us see that the land, anything that's connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael, is an inheritance for the Jewish people. May I be saying from their forefather Chulu. The goyim and then the goyim that came afterwards, they were not able to prohibit it by worshiping, bowing down to these trees. How could they make it into Avodah It's not theirs. You can't ask somebody else's Chulu.
The Gemara answers over there. So, Elo midapolchu Yisrael le'egel, gola detay denichlu v'vedezorim. Since we find that the Jewish people worship the calf, so they revealed that their mind is that they are okay with Avedezorim. So, since they reveal their mind, that's why the Goyim can answer it. And why? Because So when the Akum come, they're action, acting as agents of the Yidden. They wanted to worship and so they're worshiping So therefore, the Goyim can answer it because they're not doing it against, they're doing the work of the Yidden. Fregdi Gamore, Makshi Bigamore, the Gamore asks, but the Dilma Beagle the Nichalu, maybe they were just uh, okay with the eagle. But maybe they're not accepted, they don't want to make a worshipping these trees. So how could they answer that? The Gamore answers, Metaritz, when it's Omar Kro, Eilal Kechu Yisrael. They said, These are your gods, Israel, in a plural. Uh, these, they wanted a lot of gods. They were happy, any gods, since they were happy with any gods. And therefore, when the guy asks it, a guy actually worships, is doing the shlichus of the Yid, and it makes it into an Abedazore, and that's why you have to burn it. So, what do we see from here? So, what do we see from there? That once they reveal their minds, that they are comfortable, they want Avedezore, they did it, by doing the Egel, so then someone who's not his, can Aser, if he goes to worship, he can Aser, so in that case, so also Aaron would seem prohibited the Egel, even though the Egel is not his, the Av okay, why would he either? Because they wanted to worship it. So he's not answering something that they want. They're willing, they want it. Uh, uh, so therefore, he can answer uh, the eagle, even though he doesn't own it. So he's making an Avedis out of them. Now, but the Rebbe says, the Koidem, But here, uh, they made. They wanted. They, they, they didn't do the eagle yet. He's making the eagle, but this was before they actually said, "This is your God," which is the source that the Gemara says. But the, the saying is not what did it. Is The saying is only telling us, is revealing what they had in mind beforehand, and that has nothing to do with what they said or not. But it's made that they were willing and they wanted an avodah So since they wanted an avodah so then, why would Aaron not be able to Aaron answer the uh, the eagle? So Aaron turns out made an avedizora. So, but the Rebbe will explain that it's not so simple. It's not um, uh, you have to actually. The Rebbe will prove from the Rambam now that you actually have to uh, do an act of worship of avedizora. It's not enough just the fact that they. Um, Agreed, you can answer it following that agreement and following somebody must do something, like in the case in which they actually worship it. Look inside.
brings down now a uh, surprising halach in the Rambam. Yuvam Bahagdi Mashikosov Rambam will do them what the Rambam writes, and this is in the eighth chapter of Hilchasavide Zorah and Halacha Gimel. So he writes over there Yisrael Shezokov Levein Lishtachov If a Jewish man raises a brick and he intends to bow to the brick, but then and he never bowed to it. So it turns out that uh, the raising was done for an intent to bow, but he never actually bowed. But then, and then the Akum actually bows to that raised brick. So the Akum, now it belongs to the Yid. So the Akum uh, that bowed it in made that brick an the fact that he bowed to it. So he says the reason the Rambam says why is it uh, why is it that brick because when the Yid raised it uh, that's considered a Maisa. So that's difficult to understand. The reasoning. It's not understood this that the Rambam writes that raising it is an act. Uh, because in the Gemara, it almost seems clearly the Gemara's whole point is that we don't need the Yid to do the act when there is a, a show of his mind that he wants to worship it, then the guy can come and answer it just because the Yid wanted to uh, worship of Adizora. He doesn't need to raise it. So why does the Rambam say, that because you raise it, that's an act. The source of the Rambam is the Gemara. In the Gemara, it is explained what is the reason that the guy who bowed to the brick prohibited the brick because when he raised the levena so he showed that in his mind that he is okay with because that's why he raised the levena and therefore quoting from the Gemara still so when the guy comes and he worships it. He did it as his agent. So you see from the Gemara that it's not because the Yid did an action, it's because this action shows what he wants. Why does the, the raising help? It's because of that he revealed his mind that goes along with raising the brick. So why does the Rambam say that the reason why it's also the brick is because there was an action there of raising it. It's not about raising it. It's about the worship of, of the Goy based on the agreement or the consent or the desire, the dias of the yid. And uh, the Rebbe says, we say the Mizu, more than that, Svorazu, this idea, Kidai Bigilu Das Lechud, 
that it is sufficient just by uh, revealing that in your mind that you're in agreement. That is the main novelty what the Gemara concludes because that was the difference. According to the thought originally in the Gemara, that the possibility to prohibit hinges on the fact that it should be able, not a mountain, it has to be able to grab hold by the person. So then we know that that has to do to Maisa. You need Tfisus Yudayotam. That's the that's what makes Avedizora is when the person holding it. That when you raised it, you did an action. So therefore, on it rested, you grabbed the whole by there. That was the thought in the Gemara. But according to Maskonis Gemara, says, that the only reason what, what is accomplished through this kifa that shows us that he really is comfortable, that he's okay with the but it's not because that is a maise. So where does the Rambam know this from to hinge it that the halacha is that it's a maise? The Rambam writes here that the reason why the goy who bowed to the raised brick that he had raised doesn't say because the giludas, he says because you did a maise. But the Gemara is, it's, we don't need a maise in order to uh, make David the Zorah. You don't need to visit the Adam. It's enough that the Yid revealed that he wants it. In our case, he revealed it through picking it up, but that's not the reason why. The reason is because the Yid is consented with Sim. So why does the Rambam say because he did a Maisa? So the Rebbe is going to bring out that Take, even though we're saying that it's revealed the mind, but the mind, the revelation, uh, that you reveal isn't sufficient just by revealing it without it having to do with an action. And the, and the Rebbe is going to explain that the Rambam sources from the other Gemara that we quoted earlier. That the root and the source of the Rambam is from the discussion of the Gemara that I mentioned before. It says there, The Gemara says, Since the Jewish people worship the eagle, so that's how they revealed their opinion that they are comfortable with the Zora. So, the Im Noimar, for if we say that just, this is what the Rambam is learning, if we shall say that just revealing one's mind alone, without the do, doing an act, Mahani helps, Giluidas. So there can be no greater revealing of the mind that they are comfortable, that they want. More than they actually said openly they want. So they already said, Why does the Gemara have to mention? Because that, how do we know that they want to be the Because they worship the Eagle. 
And from this, we learn out, we emphasize that for this, we see that that they reveal their mind that they want to be the Zorah. So, so from this, it's evidence. This revelation that they're comfortable with the Zorah isn't sufficient just that we know. It needs to be done on Maisa. It's not sufficient to, uh, to do a revelation of what they're thinking any other way unless there's an action. Not like we said before, mentioned earlier. That when, when we know his mind, so we know what he really wants, so we know that he's okay. That's not enough. That's what the Gemara says. Since they worship the Maisel since there was an action, it's only when there's an action, an action, then when it helps. That's the way they reveal their mind that they are comfortable so but the Gemara says though maybe the only one that have a but the Gemara says over there before we quote it that how do we know about all of the Zoras about the Ashadim that we're telling them to burn out is the because by saying they reveal their mind that all Avedizoda, also other Avedizoda, they're comfortable. And over there, there wasn't any Maise over there. But here we're saying that Gilidas is not alone. You need in a Maise, but the Maise was only with the Egel. So it's like, The Gemara doesn't mean to say that just by saying that itself is sufficient to reveal the mind. But this saying, that explained to us, that gave us an understanding what they really intended with the Maise. That when he's worshipped the eagle is Nichelu, not only so the act of is there comfortable. And so the act of the Zorah is an act which solidifies their thought on all of the Zorahs. And this is the reason for the Rambam that he explains and emphasizes that the picking up is a Maise. Because if the Yid would have any other Gilidas, which it wouldn't be through the Zikifa, then the guy would not make it into an Abedazor. And since that, whatever he's going to say in a minute, that since by the case of Aaron, in our case, the Yidin only had a Gilidas, there was no actual action. So therefore, Adam could not answer. Let's go weiter. But in the meantime, the Rebbe is going to say with this idea, uh, we're also going to understand that there has to be a mice. We'll also understand another difficult piece uh, in the Gemara. Apizei Yisyashe Betuf Tam with this, we can understand with the good reasoning, another matter which requires explanation. The Gemara over there, he asks a question. He raised, in the first case, we're talking about raising a brick. In this case, we're talking about he raised an egg to bow down to here. That's what the Yid did. He never bowed down to it. 
And then what happens? And then the akum comes and bows down to the egg. Just like in the bridge. The mother says, Mao. What is the din? Did he answer asurahi? Allah, did he prohibit the egg or not? What's the difference between the situation of the brick in which we said that he asks it, and now that we're asking the question whether he prohibited the egg? So Peter should ask, Leveno who the minkirizikifasa. By a leveno, you can tell when you raise a brick, you can send it standing. Makes it like an avedizoro. Peter Shadashi, Shadakhova Yoiser al Avya, that it's wider than it's thick. So when you raise it up, the brick, you stand it, it seems tall, it seems like an avedizoro. Avo beitzoloi, but an egg no. So maybe it doesn't show maybe it doesn't make a difference even by the egg if he bowed to it the guy then he answered it but the question is would seem if the main thing is that we don't actually is just revealing his mind what difference does it make whether you can tell that it's standing or not but we, at least we already have here, he revealed his mind that he's come from the Zorah. If we don't need an action at all, we'll see. If we need an action, could it could be a difference. How much of an action? An action that's recognizable or not. But but first the Rebbe says, there's more. Hikshu Achronim was asked by the Achronim in the Binyan Shloima, he says that even just saying is sufficient. That reveals the mind that he's comfortable. So sure, in this act of raising the beitzah, it's more than saying even though, even if it's not recognizable that you stood it up. It's enough to be a revealing his mind. So what is the doubt? But based on the above, this comes out okay. This question that the Gemara asked is the question about the egg is we already had the rule that in the Gilu Das there needs to be a Maisa, the Levena needs to be a Zoykif Levena, it's not enough with Amira. Again, that as the Rebbe explained before, the Eila Lekecha Yisrael that was said that is sufficient that the, the Binyan Shloima asks, that was because there was a Maisa of Abedezora and that revealed that it's Nichlu uh, and everything. But this rule that we said, that you need a maise. Question is, what kind of maise? Yes, lacher. Beim lemin kedoskifosa. When you can't tell that you raised it, sheins ela maise zuta. That means that it's a small action. Avshe bevada yesh bebishum giludas. There's no question. There's a relation of mind, but the act over here is a small one. Im havi begeder shemaisa hamoyiloy. Is that considered? Does that qualify? Is it fit in the boundaries of act? What we call an act which would help to make it Avedezorah if the guy worships it. Because it's understood 
that we can make a distinction between a big act and a small act. And also, as we mentioned, we cannot prove that just saying L'Kech Yisrael is sufficient. So over there, there was also an act that combined with the saying. And the speech of L'Kech Yisrael only interpreted what the action meant, that they, when they would worship the idol, that was a worship for everything else. Kenis Kalil has mentioned earlier. Valpizeh, and based on this, the Davke Gilui Dasai de Maisa Echod, that only the revelation of the person's opinion through the act of a person, who that is what gives the power to the second person to answer something which is not here. Yuvan Nudin Dan will understand our case. The Mitzada Din Loho Yochel Arin Lesser is Egel. So Aaron couldn't ask the eagle. Nay, me passa ye say in the shaloi. It's not his. Because when they did it, like Paul Hula eagle, they didn't worship the eagle. Without the act, just revealing the mind, that is not sufficient. To be able to answer something that's not his. I have answers in order 59 that it would seem like. Uh, why is it not considered an act? They brought the gold to him. Why is that not an act? But from the Gemara, you see, the Rebbe says that that's not a qualifying act because why would the Gemara say Shapol Chulavei Dezora? This should be they brought the gold. And the Rebbe debates this that maybe the Gemara wants to say more than that, as the Rebbe explains in the Ha'ora. In Ois Ches, the Rebbe will further argue another argument. That in this case, even if we shall say that the Jews revealed their mind, and from their perspective, uh, Aaron could answer, it's not his, but he can answer it. But if Aaron specifically does not want to answer it, uh, he's not, it, it, the, the answer doesn't help, it's still a initialoi. Because the fact that when a person reveals his mind, you can ask it, that means from the perspective of the Balabais, there's no stop, because we say that the person wanting to ask it is trying to uh, you know, hurt him so he can't, uh, taking something doesn't belong to him, you want to ask her something. So we say, if it reveals his mind, okay, so then you're not hurting him because the guy, the person showed that he's okay with Avedezorah. But if the, doesn't mean that the person who is actually doing, making the Isser over here, if he doesn't intend to Isser, would ask her to say, no, in this case, Aaron didn't want the Isser. Let's look inside. Ches. We can say, addition to this, the Vipsaka Rambam, according to the ruling of the Rambam, Why could that a Yid cannot, Jewish person, prohibit something which doesn't belong to him? Because the intent of the Yid is to cause him pain, but he's not really intending to worship, as long as we don't know. But according to that reasoning, that if we hear, even if we knew revelation that the Yidin said, or the Yidin revealed want that they wanted, it was not going to help over here. That because of that, because they want, so that he is intending for Isur.
uh, the uh, Aaron. Their Gilu Das does not change the fact that Aaron doesn't mean Isser. Gilu Das Moil Rakshi Yochel Gilu Das only helps that he could Aser. If the person doesn't care, so I'm not Mitzayir him, so then I can Aser him. So that there is not, nothing to prevent from the perspective of the owner how you can't answer it. So you're not really intending to. If he shows, then you are intending to because you're not mitzayir him. So you're doing his shlichas. But here we're saying he is not intending to answer it. So for understanding our over here, even the revelation of the opinion, the view of the Bnei Yisrael didn't help. Even if you can add the act to it, maybe they brought him, as the Rebbe said in the order before, or the fact that they worshipped later, Aaron could not answer the eagle. He had, his intention was not to make Isur, it wasn't Letzayr, but it wasn't the Isser. Letzayr, and he, he says that he could, but here he doesn't want to. He says the festival was for Hashem, not for Avedah Zorah. The Nois of the Kolonel, in addition to all the above, there wasn't actually a clear revelation of the opinion that they're comfortable with the Eagle prior to their worshipping it. Why? Because it was all based on a mistake. It was like, uh, a mistake. Uh, why did they say we want to make us a likim? What was it based on? That only came because of their mistake. They made an error. They thought, we don't know what happened to him. So, meaning that once Moshe Rabbeinu showed up, Oh, they're going back. So it's like they made a condition. Had they knew what went to Moshe, they wouldn't want to see Hegel. So there's actually not a very clear Giludas. Using in a different style, different way. The reason why a person could answer somebody else's is because he's acting as their agent. And it's obvious that Aaron did not accept upon himself this kind of admission. So he's not a shlich, so he didn't answer it, and therefore Aaron did not make an eagle. In Ois test, the Rebbe uh, questions, we still didn't fully exonerate uh, Aaron while we explained that he didn't do Avedazora, but it does seem still that he had a a part in causing all the other Yidin to do Avedah Zorah. And we know that there's a prohibition of Lifneiver Loisitein Michel, not allowed to cause a stumbling block to somebody blind, so causing another Yid to do an Avera. And according to some, that prohibition is becomes part of the Avera itself. So if you cause somebody to stumble in Avedah Zorah, it's not like a general uh, stumbling prohibition, but it's sort of stumbling with the part of an extension of a Vedazora. But the Rebbe is going to explain that um, the uh, mitzvah of Lefnev Lasit Mikshel wasn't told yet at that time. But the Rebbe questions all this, he remains still to look into because 
we do find that people were rebuking each other, Khur, uh, they were judging, and Moshe Rabbeinu Khur was killed for that. Let's look inside, we will see. Oistes. But it seems that there is still some space to say, it seems like he still had some sort of, a little bit of a connection, I don't know, to the sin of the Egel Avedezora. Let it be that he himself did not do Avedezora, but still, many of the Jewish people have stumbled because of Aaron in the Avedezora. Seemingly, he violated the prohibition. Don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind because, in this case, he provided the eagle for them to worship. Especially according to the view, it's not a general prohibition. Don't put a stumbling block which runs across all the mitzvahs. But it becomes a detail in that specific Easter in which he's stumbling, he's causing his friend to stumble. The Easter of So it turns out that in one detail he violated the prohibition of Edezara. So the Rebbe says, It would seem that the answer would be simple. This prohibition against a blind person not to put a stumbling, they were only commanded on this in the portion of Kedoshim. This was a long time after the act of the eagle. Or at least, not only a long time of the eagle, after Moshe descended from the mountain when he told him the Torah, because up to that time there was no uh, time to uh, give him over the Torah, to give him over the halachas. So at the time when the eagle was constructed, there was no Isur. So that would seem to be a simple answer. But the Rebbe says no. It's not seemed that way, Mitainus Moshe. What was Moshe's argument? What did these people do that you brought on them? The Rebbe doesn't want to bring out the rest of the verse here, but Goimer, that you brought on them such a, a grave sin. So he did blame Aaron for causing the Bnei Israel to sin. Also, another thing came, we say that Chur was rebuking them until he got killed because of that. They killed Chur. Uh, if it wasn't an Ezev uh, why would Chur do that, it would seem. Cain, also, even earlier in Mora, that was before Matan Torah, they already had halachas. And Ubefrat, Aaron, especially Aaron had a connection to halacha because Moshe uh, Rabbeinu told him before he went up to the mountain, he said, Olav, Bechur, because on Moshe and Chur he said, Omar Moshe came to the before into the mountain. He says, "If you have an issue, go to them." So, Aaron was involved with teaching halachas. We need to look into further in all this above. In other words, what is the? How do we exonerate basically Aaron uh, fully? Uh, but it seems like he did have some sort of connection. In Ois Yud, the Rebbe is going to. Explain according to the Yonashal Torah the inner meaning and also how to see that even 
sometimes from Kedusha. It starts off with taking things and making them separate uh, and not feeling the unifying force of Torah in all commentaries. Eventually, as the Rebbe will bring out, this brings to different pirushim and then later on it brings it to becoming a separate entity as we'll learn. And the uh, idea is also that first you start the idea that you start putting the gold in its own self, and then you actually make an ego, as we'll see inside. Yud. One of the, the, the matters of Yenosh Toyra in our Rashi. It's explained in many places. How could there be an ex- the existence of sin? And for sure, such a grave, great sin as idol worship. That in a very refined, of a refined way, there is a source for this in Kedusha. So where is the source in holiness for a sin such as Avedizora, which is Pirud Ma'avdus Hashem, that is separating from this unity of knowing that there is only Hashem, that is that we find a separation, a part, a partition within Torah itself. The fact that one subject matter can be explained in two different ways. That's a Hishalkus. To the extent there are 70 faces to the Torah. In the writings of the Rizal, it's articulated. Not only 70, that there are 600,000 interpretations in every matter of aspect of Torah that corresponds to 600,000 souls. So the fact that in Torah there is also separation differences Various interpretation, the Shtalshala, have Shadish from that it evolved the possibility and to giving this space, the Pirut Magdus Hashem, eventually that it brings to separation of the unity of Hashem. Rabbi explains, we're not talking about here that the Torah itself is Pirut. We're not talking about here that she inya zem itzad atzme noisin mokim she ishtalshumimeno. It's not this matter by itself that there are commentaries, difference, that is what causes, that gives room so that it involves a sin of separation of the Zorah, God forbid. It's not the part of the Torah, but it's the person that is studying the Torah. The Torah, we can't say that the Torah's different Pirushim gives the possibility. The Torah is Hashem's wish and Hashem's wisdom, blessed wish and wisdom. The Torah and Hashem is all one. And He and His wisdom is one. Just like Hashem is very simple oneness only. Likewise, in all of Torah, every part of Torah, it's all complete. And simple unity. Elo de Mishum Sheyesh Nam Kama Purushim Betoyro, 
But because there is the Purushim in the Torah, many, so the person has given the opportunity to learn it, that learns it, to move away, to bend a little bit, basically, mudai. When he's learning, from the feeling of the simple unity of Torah, and to sense somewhat of the idea of separation of Pirut. This is the root. Through many involvement and the sense to the actual sin of Avedizorah, God forbid. So it's the person that through learning the Perushim can deviate and tilt and bring it about. But I was going to bring an example for this concept. It's where, it's not that the Torah is at fault over here, so to speak. It's not that Torah in essence has a level of even the Daka Daka's period is the person. The Rebbe brings an example. It's similar to the saying of the sages, Allah on the verse, it says, Nase Odom Goimer. So it says, Let us make man. So when Moshe came to this Pasuk, he says before Hashem, Master of the world, Atma. Why are you giving an opening up for the heretics? I'm surprised you're saying Nase in a plural as if there is somebody else with you. I know. So there's the The fact that the Torah writes, Hashem writes in the Torah, Inya Shaldribui, writes the idea, the concept of many Nase, Vizchalkus separation, that Nitin Pischen Pev, Vavshorus Litis. That give an opening of a mouth and a for an opportunity for a mistake that there are two Rishuyas, there's somebody else, other uh, besides Hashem Chazashom, Avedizorah. So that sounds almost like that's the Torah. Elo, Shemeidoch, but if you look from the other hand, Haragam Bemaim Razel Mudgash, also in this saying where sages emphasize. That we're not intending it that the Torah on of itself gives the room for this mistake. But it comes because of the person that wishes to arrive, to, to make a mistake. What did the Abishter say to him? The Abishter said to him, write like the specific language of the sages of blessed memory, they said, one who wishes to make a mistake, yita. So why did they say, if you're going to say that the intent is, as it appears seemingly, that it's Hashem told him to write nasa, even though that through this people are going to, David says, don't care, just write it. So in other words, if we're going to say, Hashem doesn't care, you write it and let somebody make a mistake. Doesn't worry about it. So what does it mean he wants to make a mistake? 
The Abish is saying, I'm giving him hope to make a mistake. But really, what is the meaning? To specifically emphasize. It's not that the Torah is going to come, the mistake, even though it says Nasir, it's not from the Torah. That's only because it's a roitza that the person has a desire to make a mistake. If he has a desire to make a mistake, a roitza leases. And this Rashi hints it by saying, Yesh letargimoi bishnei ponim. Now Rashi, Rashi says, we can translate it in two ways. This is the prelude before we talk about the Vedazora. Kolomer. How do we have the possibility for separation of Vedazora? Which is the discussion. may talk about the sin of Vedazora. Bo, that comes that the fact that you can translate it into two ways. Rashi does not say there are two, but there is to translate it in two ways. Because of the existence of two commentaries in the Torah, then there is no room for separation. It's not the Torah's two perushim. It's because the person that's studying, He's able to translate it. Lefit fisosoi, who, according to his grasp, bishnei ponim in two ways. Velintois meachdus habshutish betoyra, and to tilt away from the unity of Torah. Efshel ishtalshul mizeh hapiru the veidzorach mongeslam. From this can come out the separation of a veidzorach. God forbid. So basically, it's the yesh letargem bishnei ponim that brings about. Val pizeh yumtak shinui. This will also sweeten us the change of the three languages. That are usually used when we're trying to specify that there is three, that there is two interpretations. What is the use? One is what we started. Yesh We can translate into two ways. In the next piece, in the Rashi Gambo. Yesh non base perushim. There also, over there Rashi says Nemar v'yesh oimrim. Over Piskashlish, and the third one is Dovarachar. It's a degradation of the way how to in Primus Inyonim how to say there is two commentaries as it descends. Kibahem erumas seider hayirida habo aydeischalkus upirut because in them there is hinted the order of the descent which comes through separation. And fragmentation. In the beginning, it starts off with we can translate it in two ways. The person does not fully sense the true concept of unity of the Torah. And he translated into two ways. Then what happens later on through this? Yesh Emrim. He becomes a Yesh that says. He becomes a Yesh who says. Ad, 
Later on, it becomes a totally. Well, here we said Dabar Achar. A Dabar Achar is Aved Zora. The word Achar, Achar means something else. And also within the two interpretations of Rashi. After Rashi says first, oh, there's two ways to say it's a little bit period over here. So Peter Shodishin, who the first interpretation is he ties the gold in the kerchief, in the cloth. The gold that he has, what he does with it is he ties it in a cloth by itself, and he makes it into a entity. So it's a meres. That means that he thinks it is my power, it is the uh, strength of my hand that created for me this fortune. That becomes like the Yesh Oimrim Hanal. And the second interpretation is that you actually make a shape of an eagle in actuality. That he feels himself like an entity, like an existence by himself totally. Like the Dovaracha is another, another, another thing. Never mentioned before. When the Kudus call on now, what is the point of all the ball? Is lacking in the acceptance of the heavenly kingdom. The Imzem Bishlemus Etzlei, because if this would be whole by the person, also in Toyota, he would feel the simple unity. Rashi hints it when he explains the words that precede. How does this all happen? Is by that you unload it, you unload the load. You consider the Torah Mitzvah is a load. And therefore, and therefore you remove that yoke. That becomes introduction to translating the Torah in two ways. And afterwards, to the rest of the descents. As opposed to when his belief and accepting the yoke is complete, then he's not going to come also to the beginning of this matter. That's what we find. The women and the children, they didn't give gold to the eagle. Because by them, the belief is with more force. Therefore, by them there was no room, no space for Abed Zorah. Or move on, and it's understood that through strengthening the belief and accepting the yoke, the yoke, in both of them there is no separation. Then you can also sense. Hashem's unity in all matters. Even when you learn something in Torah, she has become a kam perushim, that it has many interpretations. 
So specifically, he feels he says in this in this division, Amitis Ardus Habshuta, the true simple unity, Mesichas Shabbos Parshas Tiso, Tovshin Chavov, Tovshin Chavzayim.